And to end is back on a Sunday once again. Me and Joe are back with you to talk about a news-related episode. Many things to talk about in the hockey world. But first, we have to mention that a father figure in the National Hockey League has passed away at the age of 82. That is Mr. Walter Gretzky, Wayne's father. Um, he was a big impact in the hockey community, whether it was on the ice off the ice with Wayne and doing all the coaching stuff and all the stuff he does for his community. And I think Brant- Brantford or Bradford, which one is it? I forgot. Yeah, Bradford. I don't want to mess this up. <laughs> I, think it, I think it's Bradford. Yeah, some, well, it doesn't matter what city is in. He made an impact regardless I, everywhere he went. I mean, he was always at Leaf games. I remember seeing him there, just not even like with his son Wayne and stuff like that, just at Leaf games supporting his, I guess, team, the city, the, the, the province he's in and yeah, he was a big impact on the hockey community. I mean, sad to see him go, right? Yeah, he, it was Brantford. So we were, I just wanted to clarify, it is Brantford that he's from. They had the eulogy yesterday in his hometown. And uh, yeah, it's such a, I mean, if you, people close to the situation knew it was going to happen because apparently he had a lot of health problems like i think he had parkinson's disease Mm -hmm. like he had a lot of health related issues but to be honest like i thought he was much older than he actually was like he's the same age as my grandma and i thought he was like like pushing 90 so it kind of sucks that like he was still relatively young Mm -hmm. and he was still very active in the community like you said he has his own walter gretzky tournament in his hometown of brantford yep and i i i had the chance to meet him i think you did too yeah, no, I actually, I didn't meet him like, like, um, what's it called? Like planned meeting. I just saw him and I think one of the hallways at the Leaf game just took a picture with him. That's nice. it. But. Yeah. Like he, yeah, like you said, he was always at Leaf games, always around the community. Such a nice guy. And then Wayne said it perfectly yesterday. He said the the country would be a much better place or the world would be a much better place if everyone was like his dad. Yeah. Very heartfelt guy. Always wanted to do right for the community. Was an immigrant from the Ukraine who came here and and raised the best hockey player of all time. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty cool. So, yeah, it sucks that to see Walter pass away. He was a he was a great ambassador and he was a lot of people have revealed stories. He's basically the the hockey dad of Canada. Yeah. So, it sucks to see him go. Yeah, sad to see uh Walter Gretzky go. So, RIP to him and hopefully the Gretzky family could get through this tough time and yeah, it's it's not good for the hockey world. It happened late at night as well, so that's like not great. And Wayne Gretzky posts on Twitter, so R.I.P. to Walter Gretzky. Um, yep. So I guess we get into the other news. Um, the Montreal Canadiens were in it a bit this week uh, with all the stuff around Carey Price, your goaltender. But one weird thing happened in the intermission at one of the Habs games. I believe it was versus Winnipeg, correct? It was versus Ottawa. Ottawa, sorry. Okay. Um. So yeah. So they actually fired the goaltending coach Stefan Way in the during the second period of the Ottawa game on Tuesday, mm-hmm. in a game in which they won, in which Price probably played his best game in a month. <laughs> so it's just the timing was really weird. I mean, I can't like, I can't say I wasn't that surprised or I was expecting it because like if you're Bergevin and you have all this money invested in Price, a deal to which you signed him, you have to do everything possible to get him back on track. Mm -hmm. And Stefan Wade is obviously a very good goalie coach, but the problem is he's been there since like 2013. And I think now it's like maybe they needed a change. So now they hired Sean Burke, who was their head of pro scouting, I believe, for Montreal. So he worked for the Canadians. He was in the organization, but he had to quarantine now for 14 days. So he won't be available till next week to actually start coaching Price. But Price has been, I guess, good the last two starts that he's played. So maybe it was a, a change. I noticed one thing is that he has his glove hand a lot farther in front of him. It's such a small change because I watched a lot of their games now because they're so readily available. But I noticed one small thing is he has his glove more in front of him, his glove hand. So maybe that helped him a bit i don't really know anything about goaltending but i guess just maybe a new voice was needed so it was a bit surprising but also like i i forgot he was there for like eight years so like maybe it was time for a change because like the same voice the same technique maybe just wasn't working anymore but that's my thoughts on it yeah and bergeron was pretty vocal about the decision as well like he was i mean 
I don't know if he was getting flack on social media and that stuff like that, but he seemed pre- pretty like on edge in that interview. I don't know about you, like you saw that interview, but like he was really defending Carey Price, and like you said, he has to. He signed him to that deal. Yeah, like you have to, to defend him with your life, right? So, I mean, like Price, maybe he could get back to the form, maybe not, but. Hopefully this is a step in the right direction because his season hasn't been great this year. So no. hopefully Carey Price can get back on track with a new new goaltending coach, Sean Burke. Um, in other news as well, there's a new hiring in Calgary. The Calgary Flames have fired uh, interim. I guess, well, yeah, he was, he was pretty much interim coach, Jeff Ward. Um, and they hired Daryl Sutter right after to a three-year, a three-year deal, actually. So pretty shocking, right? Like, I did, we, no one saw this coming. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe not the firing, the but firing, the signing. Yeah. yeah, the firing everyone saw coming. Yeah. But the hiring no one saw coming. <laughs> it was such a like I don't understand the hire like at all. Like if you want this is the fifth head coach under GM Brad Trivling. Try living. I think that's how you say it. But man, like the at some point, like the GM's gotta go. And I think me and you probably agree on this. He's probably gone this offseason regardless of what happens to the team. Mm-hmm. I think it's just too many personnel decisions he's made, too many coaches that he's not hit on, and the core has just not been as good as as I think it should have been. Like they just, they're still very disappointing this year. They're under five hundred, and they just win a game, they lose a game, they win yeah. a game, they lose a game. Like there's zero consistency with the Flames. I mean, Brent Sutter could get them motivate. The, I mean, sorry, Brent Daryl Sutter could get them motivated a little bit, but. Signing him to a three-year deal is just doesn't yeah, make weird. any sense. Like, if anything, see how the rest of the season plays mm-hmm. out and then give him kind of like how Montreal is doing with Dominique Ducharme. Yeah. He's like the interim, see how it plays out, and then they'll make a decision in the offseason. But mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Daryl Sutter is an old coach. Like, he, he's a 62 years old. He's more old school. I don't think old school works anymore in the NHL unless you're like Barry Trotz, really. <laughs> Uh, unless you like completely change your whole philosophy on coaching, but I just don't really understand the hire. Yeah, I think that's what's gonna happen. He has to. He has to change for sure because the old style with those Kings teams he had with the other Calgary teams had, it was hard hitting, four checking, dub and chase. So I don't necessarily that think that can work with the Calgary Flames considering they have so many skilled guys and fast guys. Like maybe the dub and chase can work, but it's when you get to the corner, it's gonna kind of. Uh, fall right in your face when you have Johnny Goudreau going to the corner. I don't think that's going to work too much. But Yeah, you want the puck on his stick, not yeah, him dumping it in the corner. Exactly. And whether that's the other guy chasing the puck and getting it, I don't know. But Daryl Sutter, very surprising. He's been at home for, what, four or five years now on his mm-hmm. farm, he said. and Basically. Yeah, and the only job that he was willing to take was, I believe, this. And he wants, like, um, revenge, I guess, for that 2004 Stanley Cup final. Or I forgot the other team. It might have been... Um, I, I, I don't know if I forgot the team, but he said he'd go back to two teams if he had to. But very surprising. He got a three-year deal just right off the bat. But like you said, Joe, like Trey Living, there's got to be some like question marks heading into the offseason. You said it's his fifth head coach. That's very, very, very concerning when one GM hires five coaches in about seven years. So you got to take a look at yourself in the mirror and kind of process what you've been doing. But the core is just, I don't think you get, get it done. Like whether you make trades, you sign people in for agency. I don't know if that's the way to go, but at the end of the day, I think he might be done here this off season. He's made so many moves and they haven't really worked out. They've gotten one second round um, appearance versus the ducks and they kind of got manhandled in that one. So I don't know. We'll keep tabs on the Calgary Flames because they seem to be a team that's always in the news and we hear a lot from them. So, yeah. Um, Jeff Ward fired. Daryl Settle hired. Hopefully things are bright for the Calgary Flames, but they lost the Edmonton Oilers with like four minutes left yesterday because Connor McDavid just gave in a beast mode. But hopefully Daryl steps in there, makes a good impact, so we'll see how they, things go. Um, other GM news, since we're talking about Trey Living, Buffalo's GM Kevin Adams came out, I think, Tuesday or Wednesday and said uh, Jack Eichel has not asked for a trade. Now, he also said something else. He said that everyone has to step up in the organization and play much better. Then the next game, they lose to the New York Islanders with one of the worst efforts um, that Twitter has ever seen, because that's where I'm getting this, these, this news from, that they've rebounded horribly from that GM, those GM's comments. Um, do you have anything on the Buffalo Sabres? Because they might be appearing in the later part of our episode. 
They're the worst franchise in the NHL, and it's not even close. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done with the, the that franchise. Like, I feel bad for their fans. Like, oh yeah. And I also don't blame like Ken Adams. There, no, no, no. Because he just got on the job. They had a good off season. Like, we'll get into them later. But like, even though they were placed in the hard East division, like they they're the way they play is like pathetic. Like they can't score and they just lose like every game like it's such a joke right now with them yeah and you know i think you have to be positive heading into every year and i think the buffalo sabers fans some of them are positive and some of them are just like yeah we're gonna see the same story and those people are right half the time but at the end of the day like it's not kevin adams fault he just got there he's cleaning up after the mess of other people and you know he didn't hire ralph Kruger, so I, i don't know if that's the main issue but it just looks like this team doesn't want to play hockey. They don't want to be there. And that's concerning because that team, that top six is pretty damn good. And it's not working at all. And, you know, they're going to be sellers at the deadline once again. How many times have we seen the Buffalo Sabres sold off players in uh, the trade deadline? Last year was the first time they actually bought players. They bought Simmons and Frolikin. So yeah. it didn't really work out at all because they didn't even get a chance to play in the bubble, even though they were what one two points shy of that spot but yep it's just really embarrassing that organization is just i don't know the fans just they have nothing to look forward to every year they say the same things that were positive going in and then well a different outcome comes out every time so i don't know i'm kind of tired about talking about the buffalo sabers all the time because they just keep disappointing their fans and all their stuff that's going into the nhl so mm-hmm. i don't know but you can move on with the next news yeah, so we got a, a bunch of injuries to kind of talk about because there's a lot that happened this past week. So the first one is going to be regarding the Nashville Predators. So two big injuries, but I mean, Nashville is just terrible, even with these two guys in the lineup. And that's Matthew Shane is out three to five weeks. And then Ryan Ellis is out four to six weeks. So those are two, I guess, big losses, but the team was not good with them. So I don't know how much of a thing you could say, mm-hmm. but... I don't know. Like Nashville is awful. They're going to be sellers at the deadline. I the problem is like I don't understand like what they do with like Duchesne and like Johansson, all those big guys making 8 million. Like Johansson scored his first goal of the season like this week. Like yeah. he's making 8 mil. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not Buffalo situation here we're talking about, but it's a, a situation where you locked up a lot of your guys that can be considered quote unquote their core. And, well, since they've been locked up, they haven't done much for your team's success. I mean, Duchesne last year was terrible, and this year he's even more terrible, and now he's injured. So, yeah, they're definitely sellers, I believe. Like, sell a few guys off for picks. Maybe not prospects, but picks. I, I don't know what you do there. But David Poyle has had a long run as this GM for this GM spot. I think he's been the only GM in that organization for a very long time, and, well, one year was a success. They made the Stanley Cup Finals. They did not win, but I think you would guarantee that as a, a success, making the Stanley Cup Final when you get P.K. Subban. You won that trade for that date, and now it seems like you didn't win it because he's not on your team right now. So, no. So yeah, they need to really look themselves in the mirror and say, what are we going to do with the deadline? I think it's selling. Do you think it's selling? Yeah, it should be selling. Yeah. <laughs> there's nothing to buy. Like The team sucks. Like <laughs> There's nothing to buy. Like, what are you going to bring in no, to, to help? Like, there's no one, like, available to turn your team around. Like, you're not making the playoffs because you're 10 and 14 mm-hmm. halfway through the season. And just, it's not going to happen. Like, and I've said this a hundred times. John Hines is one of the worst coaches in the league. And he's still employed in the NHL. I don't understand it. Like, everywhere he's gone, the team's been ass. Except <laughs> for that one year in New Jersey where Taylor Hall might have been taking uh, some steroids over there to win the heart. Because he yeah. has not been good even since that season either. Yeah, and speaking of New Jersey, I guess Nico Heischer's out week to week. You have him in fantasy, so that's a big loss for them, yeah, right? Yeah, he's played like five games this year. Yeah, it's tough, tough, tough year for Nico. I mean... They missed the playoffs last year. He's off for that long time. He gets injured, and now he gets injured again. So, oh, my God. that Yeah. Even before the training camp, he fractured his leg. Yeah. That's, like, what the hell? that's tough. I mean, that team, again, no expectations really, but they started off decently to start the year, but now it's just like, okay, now we're, now they're, now we're seeing the true New Jersey Devils. So. Yeah, they're in free fall right now. Um, mm-hmm. 
the thing that's oh different about the Devils compared to like the Sabers or the Preds is that they're actually a very young team and like they kind of had no expectations. Like Buffalo, they had like you have pieces there, like you have Eichel, you have Hall, you have Dalene, Reinhardt, and stuff like that. And then like with New Jersey, you have like a lot of their team right now is like a bunch of guys they drafted or like free agent young free agent signings from like Russia, for example, that they brought in. So at least you could say like okay like you know Jack Hughes has been better this year. You have Ty Smith, Mackenzie Blackwood. Like you have some guys there that will continue to develop. And Heischer's only just turned twenty two. He's now the captain. Mm-hmm. So there's a bit different there, but yeah, they're in free fall right now. The Devils. Yeah, and then I guess we could get into another injury. Um, Derek Stepan is out for the season after having sol- shoulder surgery. Um, so he was acquired by the Senators in the offseason, I believe, from Arizona. And, well, it hasn't looked good for the Senators or him now. So he's been out for the year. Tough injury for the Sens. I mean, some hope into the lineup, I guess, to get better. But now it's gone. So sucks to see some guys going down with long-term injuries this year. But, hey, that happens in the NHL. Um, is there any more injuries? No, there's no more injuries. Uh, yeah, okay. There's no more injuries. But there's injuries that happened because of something. So... The first one we can mention because this happened first in the in the week, uh, walking Blitchfield. Yeah, I, yeah. Go ahead and search this guy up. But he got a one game suspension, I believe, for a hit on Nathan McKinnon on Wednesday night between the Sharks and the Colorado Avalanche. Obviously, and McKinnon, it was day to day. He got hit in the head, and it wasn't a good hit at all from Blitchfield. And no. Like, Sinoday's been in the news for a couple weeks now, and this doesn't help their cause because they're just getting way more attention for needless things that start happening. And this is a hit we want to get away from the game, and it keeps creeping in every year. So, I don't know your thoughts on this. Do you think it was appropriate to give him one game? Or Yeah, 100%. It was, it was very, like, it wasn't that bad, but it was hit to the head. Like, it wasn't, like, egregious, like one we'll talk about very shortly, but... Mm-hmm. It, it did deserve one-game suspension, and, and plus McKinnon got hurt. He, he's currently day-to-day, so obviously that... Whenever a player gets injured, I feel like that plays a huge role in, like, whether it's a fine or, like, how many game suspension. So, yeah, one game is deserved. Yeah, we can... I think we could get into the other one that happened Friday night, and wow. I mean, Tom Wilson in the news again. So, I think we all know, if you're listening right now, this news came out last night. Uh, Tom Wilson was suspended seven games for a high hit on Brandon Carlo, defenseman for the Boston Bruins. Carlo was rushed to hospital, I believe, during the game, and now he's deemed to be week to week. I don't know if that's, I don't know if they released the actual timeline, but it's week to week right now, Bruce Cassidy said. So, mm-hmm. like, just take it away and talk about what this means. Like, I don't know. Uh, well, first of all, it sucks because I have him in fantasy. <laughs> But that doesn't matter. <laughs> this is the thing with Tom Wilson. He's such a good player. He's mm-hmm. like, he's such a good player. Like every player, every team would have a guy like this. A guy hits everything. He could score goals. He could play make. He could skate. But his discipline is horrible. Like he does not learn his lessons with this with these stupid hits. And like, okay, to be fair, he hasn't been suspended in like almost three years. But it's right. like. He has a track record. And then, like, during that period before the three years, he got suspended, like, three or four times. And then this is another one. Seven games is a lot in this year because it's only 56 games. So it's right. it's one-eighth of the year. So it's basically, like, a 10-game suspension. So now Washington has to deal with the loss of that. And it was just unneeded. Like, mm-hmm. you could have just hit him shoulder to shoulder. You didn't need to go. Like, Carlo's a big guy. He's, like, 6'5 or something. And you still managed to catch him in the head. Um, it wasn't too egregious, in my opinion, but no, the, yeah, 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 the track record and the fact that it was very unnecessary, because like the the what they the, the Department of Player Safety for how much of a fucking joke they are, <laughs> they basically said it's a boarding pen, like it was a boarding. The reason he got it was for a boarding rule, because he hurt the player against the boards. Like it wasn't like he got suspended under like the hit to the head. Rule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why there there is a difference there because I think if it was hit to the head, it would have been. Oh, it's way more games. Yeah, yeah. way more games. It yeah. might have been like fifteen, <laughs> but yeah. So that's the reason why it was seven because like I think they changed it. Like it went from hit to head to just boarding, and I agree with that. Like because in 
in reality, it wasn't like the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. Like the one he did on Sunquest, like like no. I said three years ago, he got twenty games for that, and that was way worse. Like the guy almost killed him. But yeah, Wilson, man, like his discipline is horrible, and he's such a good player. It's mm-hmm. just it's so dumb to see him do this shit all the time. Yeah, like it's just another Washington guy going down. I mean, what their COVID protocol thing that happened early in the year. And now Tom Wilson's over seven games. He's an important piece to that lineup. Like, he gives you fire every night. And that's a guy you want to bounce back on from other players. You see him hitting. You see him working hard. And you want to, as a player on the bench, you're like, man, like, this guy's going. I got to start going. So, missing seven games is a lot. But it's very necessary in this situation. But Mm -hmm. I think the worst situation out of all this is we talked about that Blitchfield hit. And he got five in a game for it. Mm -hmm. Wilson... There was no penalty on the play. Can you explain why the hell that happened? I can't explain it. I already <laughs> said the player safety is a joke. The refs are not the same. Are the the refs are the exact same? So, I've had so many issues with the refs this year. So I don't want to get started on them, <laughs> especially with Montreal with sim not that bad, but very similar hits where the player literally gets zero, and it happened three times. When yep. two times players left the game, so. I don't, I don't understand this player safety. They, it's like they just do not care for certain like instances. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Yeah, like, okay, I think the word there you're looking for, they don't care for, this is a bad word to use, but like bums when yeah. they get hit. Yeah. Like, it's bad to say. I don't think anyone's like really, well, some people are, but like, I don't think the players that got hit on Montreal, like, I think it was Armia, right? One of them? Armia, one was Kakanyemi. I forget the third one. Yeah, it doesn't matter though. Like a hit is a hit, and it should be at least penalties, fines, suspensions. There, like just because it was first Nathan McKinnon, and now obviously Tom Wilson has a track record. I don't think that's necessary for the league to look at in a different way um, with player safety because that's just unfair. Um, whether it's a fourth liner getting hit, or whether it's Tom Wilson, a good player, or Nathan McKinnon, one of the best players in the league, I think it honestly should be the same kind of penalty. It's I don't know that this is why fans on Twitter and this is why fans on other other social media get pissed because of this reason right here. And in this series as well, Ovechkin speared Trent Frederick and got a $5,000 fine. I did not agree with that. I don't, I don't care if I know you said this. I don't care if Frederick was going after him, dealing with a big bully like Ovechkin is because he could probably roll you roll on you and over over you. But that should have been a game. That's a spearing penalty, dude. Like, come on. Yeah, I would have been fine with the game, but that Frederick fucking deserved it. I don't care what anyone says. Yeah, like... I, I, I would have been fine like, with the game. Anything more than that? Like, the fine, okay, is only 5000 to a guy that's made probably, like, <laughs> $100 million maybe in terms of endorsements and contracts and all that. So, it, it means zero to him. Yeah, exactly. So, if you so. want to do precedent, you give him a game. I would have been fine with that, but that Frederick guy had it coming, 100%. Yeah, he's been, in, he's been in all the scrums, I feel, for the Bruins this year. Like, he's a good player, but... He's been very feisty with the Subban stuff, now yeah. Ovi. Like, he's just going after the big boys. I mean, I guess he's kind of making them on edge because he's gotten in their heads. And all the times I've seen the Frederick clips, he, they've all gone to the penalty box. And obviously, I think Ovi didn't, actually. And just got to fine after the game. But yeah, lots of stuff in player safety that needs to be adjusted. We say this every year, but it actually doesn't get adjusted at all. So I don't know what they're doing, but they need to really fix something in the league so i don't know but um i think that well i guess this is a bad thing i think we could go over brent seabrook and he retires after 15 nhl seasons so a long career for brent seabrook but could have been longer um i think he was dealing with a leg issue i don't know what it was though yeah i am not 100 percent sure either like he's been out most of last year and uh then he tried to make a comeback before training camp, and then nothing happened. He was sitting out, sitting out, and then he eventually announced his retirement. I don't think many people were surprised about that, but it sucks for a guy that uh, was part of three Stanley Cup winning teams. I believe he won an Olympic gold medal. One of the core pieces of that Chicago dynasty, so yep. it sucks to see Seabrook go, but it was kind of like coming, and it really helped Chicago with their cap situation. Yeah, did you see why he... Um kind of made that decision like did you hear the clip no i didn't hear it what do you say yeah it was actually like very frightening he woke up one day i think it was the day after christmas or something like that or the week before christmas and he just woke up and he said i can't feel my legs 
For real? So, yeah. Like, I was like, what? And wow. keeping that under wraps, that's pretty impressive because that stuff usually gets out and that just sucks, man. Like, I don't care who's in that situation. You'd never want to be or wish upon anything about a player. But Brent Seabrook, I mean, he was his game was dying down in a sense. He was getting slower, obviously, like that. But, I mean, dude, that you... <laughs> Like that is just not something I want to deal with. So, no, like especially like when you when you have guys like the the way he played like very physical mm-hmm. and defensive, blocked a lot of shots and took a lot of hits and stuff. Like their bodies are destroyed, and then like when you think about them in the like post retirement, like Seabrook right now, like the fact that he said that, it's like, mm-hmm. can this guy even like? He has to be so concerned about his health right now, and he's it's not he's only thirty five. Like yeah. It just like sucks for players like that that played the way like how he did and took so much like abuse like hitting and stuff like that. So yeah, do you think um do you think we see number seven in the rafters for Chicago? I know that's a discussion on Twitter I've seen, but do you think? I'm gonna say no mm-hmm. because he wasn't like he was just a basically a very good shutdown defenseman who had some pretty he had some okay offensive moments, but overall like. I would say out of that core in Chicago, he was probably, like, the least impactful. Right, yeah. I guess you could say that, yeah. Like, Caves is retired. Kane's retired. Keith's going to get retired. Probably, I would say probably Crawford as well because he won two cups there, a couple Jennings. So, maybe Crawford, but Keith, Kane, and Taves for sure will be. I don't know about Seabrook. Yeah, like, it's tough because he was, like, he's always paired with Keith. So, I don't know, maybe that kind of persuades and he's there in the rafters but he's been a solid player for the Chicago Blackhawks obviously I said his game was dying down the last few years but he's had some great clutch moments in the playoffs yeah overtime goals one versus Nashville and three overtimes the one versus Detroit in game seven yep so a lot of good memories with Siebes uh sad to see him go but yeah it's just it's not something you want to wish upon a player so he retires after 15 NHL seasons but his buddy, Patty Kane, on the Chicago Blackhawks, we quickly mentioned him going to the rafters. He's definitely going to go to the rafters. And he hit 400 goals in his career last Sunday night. So we recorded in the afternoon. He hit it at night versus the Red Wings. That was a crazy game, by the way. But Yes, it was. Patty Kane, 400 goals in his career. He's going to probably hit 500 in the next two seasons, I believe. Maybe three, I don't know. But Patty Kane, man, he's a good player, isn't he? Yeah, he's very good. Um, and this is a guy that's seen as a playmaker throughout his career. So yeah, Patty Kane. So he's seen more as a playmaker his whole career. He's going to hit uh, 1,000 games uh, this week, which is awesome to see. And then we could honestly, next episode, I want to stack him up to see in history, like kind of like his points per game versus all play active players, former players, and American players. Because... Okay. This is a guy that's obviously a first ballot Hall of Famer, and I just want to see where he would rank in in amongst guys in history because there are some people mm-hmm. we won't name names that mm-hmm. don't think he's as impactful as he actually is because his five on five stats are not there. And to that, I say I don't care. What do you say to that? Yeah, same sentence. I don't care because whether. He's bad five on five. Yeah, sure. I mean, the points kind of tell you different. Like, he's playing on the Chicago Blackhawks, and he's literally, literally, literally carrying them into the Stanley Cup playoffs. Dabrink gets on his side. He's potting in goals as well, but it starts with number 88. All the key players are out for them, and he's really stepping up. In the last couple of years, he's actually been stepping up a lot more. He's been getting a lot more points, a lot more recognition. So what I say to that is the same sentence as you did. I don't care because Patty Kane, yeah, he's one of my favorite players. Sure, that's a little bit biased there. But like the stuff he does, it's incredible. The spinorama goals, the spinorama passes, the, I, I don't, like the stick handling, the backhands. Like, there's no denying that he's one of the best players in the league right now. And then mm-hmm. people saying he's not a top 15 player. Are you crazy? Dude, for all that argument, people saying five on five. He has 37 points in 25 games this year. 11 are on the power play. So he has 26 points at even strength, which is over a point per game. And which is first in the NHL. Yeah. So I don't I don't care about that bullshit. <laughs> Me either. Like, it's, it's ridiculous. Like, he's second in scoring in the league. Yep. And then he's what, 32? 
Yeah. And all the other guys around him are literally like 25 and younger. It's like, yeah, like Matthew's 23, McDavid's 24, Marner 23, like, and this guy's mm. 32, so he must be doing something right. <laughs> exactly, yeah, he must be doing something right. Um, What other else? Um, Yeah, I guess you quickly, quickly mentioned the U.S. base players. Yeah, so for this one, this was revealed last night in headlines on Hockey Night in Canada, up here in Canada. Mm-hmm. So um, the reports are now, so I don't, this is what part I'm confused on. I don't know if you know the answer to this, but... This, so U.S.-based players are getting vaccinated. So I don't know if that means that American-born NHL players are getting vaccinated or that every player on basically all the U.S. teams are getting vaccinated right now. No, I, I would think it's the all the like people playing for American teams. Okay, that's what I thought too. Yeah. That would so make, that, make no sense because I think U.S. has more, way more vaccine. We've talked about it multiple times. But yeah, way I, more. Yeah, so yeah, I think that's the U.S.-based team players. Okay, so that makes more sense to me because I'm like, if it's only American <laughs> players, like, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, no, like, no. Why even do it? But So basically, everyone will be vaccinated in, this, in the NHL who plays for American City except for the seven here in Canada, which sucks. Because that means now more fans are coming into the stadiums. More yes. states are opening up for fans. I know Pittsburgh and Philly opened up this past week. Dallas is allowing even more fans than they were before. Arizona already had fans. I believe Florida has fans. Mm-hmm. So there's Carolina, I just believe, I, opened as well. Yeah, and I think Tampa is now allowing it as well. So it, it's like more and more. I know it's limited capacity, but more and more states are allowing it. Like California, I know, is still really strict. New York actually started to as well, which mm-hmm. was another strict state. But the Rangers, they have fans at their games this past week. So it's looking a little bit more and more normal, I would say. There's at least some fan noise in other states. I mean, Canada is not going to have it at all this year, obviously. Mm-hmm. But it is what it is. Yeah, it's good. It's good to see the NHL kind of doing this. But yeah. Yeah, it sucks to see the Canadian thing. To, uh, Canadian teams not getting recognized, but we honestly really can't right now because we don't have enough. So, um, I think that's all the NHL news. I yeah, mean, big news dump. Yeah, that was yeah, that was a news dumping episode. There's probably gonna be when's the trade deadline? March. I think it's April twelfth. Oh, it's in a month. I thought it was this, this month. Uh, hold on. I think you're right. I think you're right. I think it's in April though. That's, April, I, yeah, I, April 12th. Yeah, that, I don't know if that's... Like, do you think it's going to be a busy trade deadline? Like, I don't think so. I don't think so either because of the whole quarantine thing. If if, if people want to make trades, you have to make them, like, right now. Mm-hmm. Because then they, like, say... Well, especially in Canada. But for yeah. American states, I know the quarantine is not even close to as long. It's, <laughs> I think it's only a week or not even, depending on the state. It's only a few days. But, um, yeah... So I don't think there's gonna be too much activity. Maybe if you're a team like, like the Leafs potentially mm-hmm. who have the chance to go all in this year because they, they have a very good shot at going far. Maybe like now you would make a trade like sometime in the next week or two if you were to make a trade from like an American city. But um, other than that, I'm not 100 percent sure it's gonna be too busy. In the off season, there's gonna be massive changes because we got the big expansion draft. Mm-hmm. For the first time in four years this summer, which is going to be very, very fun to watch. I love, I love the how Vegas did it. Like, it just it's so exciting to see who they pick and like all the trades that happen for yeah. all the picks to keep guys, and it's just so fun to keep track of. But so yeah, so I think this off season is going to be massive because especially if teams underperform this year who are expected to be good, they might like blow like for example like Buffalo or something mm-hmm. they'll blow it up or they'll have some trades that you people won't see coming so it's going to be this offseason is going to be great i think yeah let's hope let's yeah. hope yeah um we could get into the hard hat award segment so this is the award uh dedicated to the best player in the nhl the past week of play and you can start with yours he's been unbelievable for the vgk yep. who is he, it he has been unreal and that is the newly minted captain mark stone and in four games this week he had two goals and eight assists for 10 <laughs> points two power plays this one game winning goal However, he had five primary assists in one game on Monday of last week, I believe, which is nuts. Like, I've never seen five primary assists in a game. Never mind. Just, I've never seen five assists really in a game. Never mind five primary assists in a game. So, Mark Stone is unreal this year. He should be a, a contender for the Selkie as well. 
He's the best defensive winger in the league. I don't know about forward. He's probably top three in forward, but winger for sure. He's top three. He has been everything and more that Vegas has asked of him. Obviously, he has a big contract. He's a captain. He's the face of the franchise yeah. now after being acquired two years ago. So, Mark Stone's a very, very good player. Yeah, underrated. In underrated, the, um, yeah. When you're talking about, like, star forwards, he's... Well, clearly, he's putting up points this week, but, like, he won't put up, like, the numbers other players are, but... He's not def- too flashy. Yeah, exactly, yeah. His defensive game's almost perfect, but... Yeah. Um, I'm going to go to my player of the week, uh, hard hat, sorry, hard hat of the week. And it's going to be Thatcher Demko. I strictly picked Thatcher Demko because I don't think Vancouver is going to get a lot of recognition considering where their team, the state of their team is, but they've won two straight for the versus Leafs. So, I mean, they've looked good the last couple, the last week and Thatcher Demko's got all three of their wins. He's three and zero. has a six, nine, six save percentage, 1.0 goals against average and one shutout versus the Winnipeg Jets this week. So. He's looked very, very solid for the Vancouver Canucks. I don't know if you can say after three games in a week that he's back to bubble form. I don't agree with that statement that was being made on social media, but I think he's been he's been tracking to get there at some point. But you know, he's been better than Brain Holpe this year. It's clearly there. And you know, whether expansion we like we talked about with Seattle is gonna move one of those goalies to that team, we don't know, but it looks good for Thatcher Demko to get that starting job next year, don't you think? Yeah, I think he's already has it right now. So, <laughs> I, I mean, like you said, like he's played way better than Holpe. I don't think he's in that bubble form because like the guy was basically like on a different planet during that run there. But his like this is what Canucks fans are praying for and hoping for for years. Like this guy was drafted in twenty fourteen. It's now twenty twenty one, and he's finally like starting to get the like dominate games yeah. he he took over the game on thursday versus the leafs the leafs should have won that game but he was great yesterday he was solid as well not as dominant not as not to, he was good but not as good as thursday thursday yeah. he stole the game but um but he's been really good this year he again he's only i think 24 25 so you have to believe that he'll be more consistent from now on now obviously not as three and zero and 969 save percentage but mm-hmm. He should be able to carry the load for the Canucks. Yep, I agree with that. Um, so now we can head into the bad part of our episode where we talk about the Golden Plungers. So flush the toilet for us. And yeah, this is given to the biggest underperformer in the last week of play, team or player. We both pay, picked different stuff. So I picked a team, you picked a player. I think I'm going to go with mine first. We talked about them uh, midway through the episode and our news. And, well, it's, again, the Buffalo Sabres. I mean, Jude, like, in the last 12 games, they have five points. And after what I said about the Kevin Adams coming out and saying we need a more of a team effort, they came out and lost and embarrassed themselves after their GM said it. So I think that just literally told you what you need to do. Kevin Adams going into the trade deadline and his make trades, sell players. Um, you have Taylor Hall on your roster. He has, what, three goals. You have Jack Eichel on your roster. He has two goals. I'm not saying trade Jack Eichel right now, but the guy wants a trade when they said he didn't want to trade. That's just bullshit for me. I mean, <laughs> I don't think he wants to be staying in that environment for much longer. But when you have two goals and you're complaining, you got to look yourself in the mirror. You have two goals, dude. You're making, what, $10 million and five points in 12 games. That's unacceptable. So... Apparently, he's playing injured, so I don't know if that's an excuse for how he's playing, but that's what I've heard on Twitter from Buffalo Sabres fans. He's injured. He's playing injured, so, I mean, honestly, if you're playing injured, just sit out. There's You're not better with him, and you're not worse with him, right? Actually, you're probably much worse, but the way he's playing is not very good, and you're clearly not very good so mm-hmm. um yeah last 12 games two nine and one that's very concerning and i think allmark has both those wins so carter hutton and Jonas johansson are not getting it done for buffalo the yeah. only good point on this season for buffalo i think has been reinhardt he's been really really good yeah he has been he's yeah he's easily been their best player um so we'll go transition to my plunger of the week and it's a guy i also have in fantasy who has been a huge bust for me and that is a uh, newly acquired, not really new, but Blue Jackets forward Patrick Laine, who has gone pointless in his last six games for a team that is starving for goals. Um, I don't know. 
I don't watch Columbus games because they're not fun to watch at all. Um, but I don't know if it's his line mates that are because he needs a guy that can get him the puck, and mm-hmm. they don't have a guy that could do that at all. Domi sucks ass. <laughs> Thank God they traded him because he man. I the thing about Bergevin, I'll say this quickly, is that he knows when to pull the plug on a player yeah. at the perfect time. Like okay, the PK. Okay, they lost horribly that first year, that trade, because they went to the finals. Then the second year, they lost because he was a Norris contender. But after that, he's now won it. And it looks like PK, who's now in New Jersey, is probably most likely going to get picked up by Seattle. because Just because of his cap hit and the fact that he's a very uh, recognizable name that they could bring over. Kind of like how Flurry was for Vegas. Mm-hmm. They need that name, and I think I'm I'm like convinced they'll pick Subban just because of it. Even though he has nine million, it would only be for one year, even if that's the case. But, anyways, but and then the whole thing with Galchenyuk for Domi, Galchenyuk is the guy's on a taxi squad right now, <laughs> on his like tenth team, and then for Domi for Anderson, Anderson who was uh, banged up the last few games came back yesterday, scored a goal, so he's mm-hmm. been great all year for Montreal. He could skate really well. And uh, he, I really like his game. Like, I didn't think he was this fast for his size, to be honest. And I, I really like how he plays. But anyways, Line A. <laughs> the guy, he, he can't produce right now. And I don't know if that's him, the coaching, the lines. Like, it's probably everything. But he has not been good. And they traded their number one center for him. So, it's not looking good for Columbus. Yeah, to be fair, like, Columbus hasn't been good either in those past couple games. No. They have... Um, seven points in the last ten games, so three, six, and one. Um, yeah, yeah, they're that's... not a very good team at all. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know why though. Like they were really good. I, I don't know. Maybe the I bubble th- they were just overperforming. I guess, but yeah, even last year, like uh, they everyone thought like when Panera and Bobrovsky left, they would take a big step back, and they didn't. And then then the bubble, they upset the Leafs. They, I mean, they lost to Tampa in five games, but they played that five overtime game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I don't know. Maybe this is like what people really thought Columbus was about. Not a very good team. Kind of like not terrible, but not very good either. But mm-hmm. that's where they are right now. Yeah, Patrick Line, uh, good pick for this. Definitely deserves it. I didn't know he was pointless in six straight. So good thing you said it because I wouldn't have known. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know either. Yahoo told me. <laughs> um, we could get to our next segment, and it's what you say. So, Jason, kick it off with that segment. What you say? And, yeah, this was a funny one. You can explain it before we play it. All right, so uh, Vancouver has not had a very good season. Although they had a very good week this week, they overall have not had a good season. And they're sixth in the division with the most games played, which is not good. So GM Jim Benning decided to call a press conference, I guess, to update the media, the fans on the status of the team and kind of what they are right now, where it could be moving forward. And he basically kind of said that, like, to be before I play this clip, he was basically trying to say that like the answer is in the locker room, like because of the whole COVID situation, he can't really bring in a player because he had have to quarantine and all this. So a trade really isn't going to happen for Vancouver to like help the team. It's mostly the guys that they have right now. But then he uh, tried to explain himself further, and this is what he had to say: Like we live, we live day to day. Like we live, you know, with you know today. We're in today's world. Sometimes I'll start a sentence. And I don't even know where it's going. I just hope I find it along the way. <laughs> Good old Michael Scott there. Jimmy Benning, man. The guy is clueless sometimes. Yeah. I mean, like we said before the episode started, when you have an education and so high job in an organization, and you make, you don't even make the sentence. You can't even complete your own sentence. <laughs> concerning. Concerning. His press conferences are so gold. I remember when he uh, tried to acquire about Subban and Stamkos in 2016. I don't remember the exact what he said, but I remember so, that happening. Yeah. So what happened was he tried to trade for PK. No, not trade. Yeah, I think it was trade. Like he wasn't able to talk to him or something. And Stamkos was about to be a free agent. He was tampering. <laughs> so he got fined by the NHL for tampering. And he came out with a press conference saying that he wasn't tampering. <laughs> like, I don't his, know. his press conferences are so funny, man. Like the guy's like clueless half the time. The hair dye is getting to him. Yeah, horribly in the gel. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Jim Benning will be definitely in the news in the long run for this Vancouver team, whether they're good or bad. Jim Benning always has some good moments for us. So 
Thanks to Jim Benning for that. Thanks, Jason, for that. Um, we could get into the Battle of the Buds. So, last week I had four games. I went, sadly, 2-2. Two and two, And you went 2-1. and one. You picked three games because of the post-moment. But oh, I lost that Bruins one in overtime. And then the Devils got horribly ripped yeah, apart. They lost, destroyed. I think, 6-1. So... And then the Wild versus Golden Knights. I believe the Wild won in overtime. And your boy, Max Pacioretty, again, the overtime winner. Yeah, man. He <laughs> has been uh, he's been clutch this week, to say the least. And Vegas has been unreal. And I've had to pay the price for it once again in fantasy. <laughs> yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm getting destroyed this week. And I'm not even having that bad of a week, to be honest. So uh, it is what it is. Yeah, so heading into this week, I am 13-7. and seven. Joe, you are 11-9, and nine, so... You have caught up recently. I haven't been good the past couple weeks, but we get to our picks. Um, this week, I have the Senators going into the Edmonton's hometown, and I have the Edmonton Oilers winning on March 8th. I have the Lightning going into Detroit to beat the Red Wings, and I have the Lightning obviously in there. I don't think I would ever pick the Red Wings, but crazier things have happened this year, so maybe the Red Wings get a dub, but I have that on March 9th. And then I have the Golden Knights going into St. Louis, and hopefully they can beat the Blues. I have the Golden Knights there on March 12th. So I'm currently 11-9 and nine now. So I'm only two games back of Thomas for Battle of the Buds. So this week I have the Coyotes visiting the Avalanche on March 8th. I have the Avalanche winning at home, even though they're a bit banged up. They might have McKinnon back for this game. Not 100% sure yet. And then my next game is Penguins at the Sabres, who we've talked about extremely... Um, disappointingly i guess Mm -hmm. so i have the penguins winning in buffalo on march 11th and also on march 11th we have like we talked about patty kane and the blackhawks they are (laughs) visiting the stars and dallas has two wins in like a month and no one's really talking about it um they're horrible they won their first basically they won their first game in like basically three to four weeks i think yesterday five nothing shut out so yeah. I have the Blackhawks winning in Dallas on March 11th as well. Yeah, they seem to be getting it done in Dallas. I mean, what, those two overtime games they won? And yeah, shout out to Jake Ottinger, first NHL shutout yesterday. Yep. Should have picked him up, but... The Otter. The Otter. <laughs> the Otter. So yeah, 13-7 and seven for me, 11-9 and nine for you. The next segment is Joe Spicy Meatball. So do you have that in the oven, or do you have that on the boiler, or where is it at right now? Right now, it is basically cooking in the sauce okay so it's not too spicy yeah i haven't put all the ingredients in so it's not going to be uh too spicy of a meatball this week and the meatball that is going to be presented to you is that mm-hmm. let me think yeah think about this one i'm always on the fly with these usually it has something to do with what we talk about in the episode but i do not want to talk about the stupid sabers again <laughs> we talked about them last week yeah. Oh, we could. Oh, I can even say this. So for the playoffs, so once it's the beginning of May is when the NHL playoffs start. Do you believe that NHL stadiums or arenas will have fifty percent capacity? Okay. So with that being said, I don't think Canadian teams. So I think we yeah, can eliminate in, in the states. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think we go with the states. I'm gonna say yeah. Why not? I mean, if I think Biden said a couple weeks ago that. Um, was it the full country is going to be vaccinated by May? I think he said all adults. So I don't know what adults mean, like what the age gap or he's referring to. But yeah. He said all adults in the country will be vaccinated by the end of May, like fully vaccinated. Not just one dose, I believe. Hmm. So only so 50% capacity. Yeah, that's that's a lot, Like yeah, to be honest. A, yeah, it's about 10,000 or so per stadium. I'll say no. No? Okay. I hope it happens, but um, yeah, I'm going to say no. Like, There's like, what, 2,000 in each one right now, and we're, what, uh, two months away? I could see it getting to like 30, 40. Yeah, I was going to say like minimum 25, but since it's spicy, I got to say 50. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's definitely spicy, but the track record, it, it could be there, but I mean... Do they want to look bad, the NHL, once again? I, I don't know if that's the case right now. Like, I don't know if it's a necessity to get um, fans in the game right now, but 50% is a lot of people getting into that arena. So mm-hmm. I would like to see it, but uh, it's it's a stretch. But hopefully we get there at some point. But 
How about next year? Like, what do you think happens next year? Do you think it's a hundred percent? So this is tough. So since you're asking me, that's a spicy one for you. <laughs> so say the season starts October, like normal. Mm-hmm. And I'm I, including Canadian teams. Yeah, as well. yeah, yeah. So, so I think so. Say it starts October, like normal. They go back to a normal schedule. Mm-hmm. So I think the whole entire states by October will be vaccinated. So if Biden's saying all adults will be done the end of May, I think June, July, August, September, you'll have the whole country vaccinated Mm -hmm. so that's my view on the states for canada i think you will have like i would say at least 75 percent of the population fully vaccinated in my opinion yeah i don't know 100 percent because we have no idea about this (laughs) rollout because right now we're just getting kind of started the last few weeks with it the states has been having a field day with it for like the Mm -hmm. last month and a half but so it's tough. I say like yes, like there will be fans in Canadian as well. Like everything will be normal, but I don't know full capacity. Maybe yeah. like say for example in like Scotia Bank Arena, like fifty percent, maybe. But mm-hmm. then like in the states, I think it might be a hundred percent. So I I don't really know. It's gonna yeah. be tough. Um, but I'm gonna say fifty percent at least for Canadian, and then I think full for the states. Just a free for all down there. Yeah. Eh? Dude, it's a free-for-all right now. Texas, they have no mask mandate. Everything's open. <laughs> I don't get that at all, man. Like, if, if, if there's no mandate, they just, like, put the door open. Free fans, just go in, Dallas. Come on. Yeah. It's, but, so, it's so dumb, but I think you should still have the mask mandate, but everything open, and I guess it's fine because they have so many vaccines available there, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's going to be exciting when fans come back. I think they're going to do that thing they did for the lockout a few years ago. Thank you, fans. And, yeah, probably. You know, I think they really have to thank them this time because we've been... We, there's some people out there, they've been impatient for this day to come and hopefully it comes. But getting fans back in the building, like just watching old clips like of those montages on YouTube. I don't know, like penalty. Like, I don't know. Just Power, just great... like playoff atmosphere. Yeah, like dude. it's so much different. Like you could just tell like and it's gonna be so exciting when they come back to the building like i it, it, it's so you don't take you take it you don't what's the word word like you take it for granted when they're there mm-hmm. and then when you don't have them there you notice the difference like yeah it's i don't know let's hope they're back and 100 percent's a lot but let's hope yeah let's hope um i think that's the end of the episode i think we talked about basically everything that's happened in the last week so Mm-hmm. we've nailed everything um any last words for you i know you just came out with an article for baseball yeah so i i'm now the me and the baseball team are doing a 30 for 30 so covering all 30 mlb teams before the start of the season on opening day which would be on april 1st and we're trying to do an article every day we're doing it so far i think we have six teams done now and we each got some designated teams so i have the blue jays that just released and I'll, my next article will be on the brewers so mm-hmm. keep an eye out for that. And I also uh, going to have my power rankings, updated power rankings for this past week, probably out sometime tomorrow, most okay. likely. And there's a lot of change in that one, especially around the middle. So keep an eye out for that one. Yeah. And in terms of hockey, do you have anything upcoming? Or? No, just the power rankings right now. All right. And then for me, just the uh, weekly Monday fantasy players so top three there. And then I just recently released an article about Svechnikov and Hamilton's contract. So, yeah, keep out for that because that's going to be a big talking point this year. Just adding to the stuff that can happen this offseason. Mm-hmm. So, those two need a contract. I think they'll get it. And, yeah, I listed the price there. And you'll find out if you listen. go to that article. So, I think that's it for me. That's it from you. End to end, we'll return. Next Saturday. Hopefully you join us. Woo!